Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 399 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I am so thrilled today that you are with me as we talk to Sarah Hawley. We talk about letting go of perfection and taking a bath instead, always a good idea, and on stocking the word graveyard. You are really going to enjoy this episode, so please stick around for that. What has been going on around here? Well, we finished NaNo. A lot of us over in the Onward Write Slack group, which you can always join by going to any of the show notes and clicking the link, um, we finished NaNo. We set our own goals. Some people were 50,000, some people were 20,000, some people were higher, some people were lower. And a lot of us hit the goal that we set. And others of us remembered that it doesn't really matter if you hit the goal. What matters is that you're moving toward a goal. And then when, not if, but when you miss it, you adjust it. I mentioned last week that I really wanted to hit the 50,000 word mark. And I did on the 30th. Um, It honestly felt a little anticlimactic because in that moment, there there are many moments in NaNoWriMo where you are just writing to write. You're just writing to get your words done. That's all you're doing. Later on, what happens, and it's kind of magical, is that those words are a lot of times usable or they give you ideas for what you actually need to do. Uh, But in that moment, I was really just waffling. I was just getting words done to get the words done. And it was fine. Actually, I think I can use them. I figured out where in the book they will go, but later in revision. Uh, But I felt a little anticlimactic. It did, however, feel incredibly celebratory to be with that group over in Slack. I am so eternally grateful that I decided to do that, that I decided to write with company all of November. And it was awesome. And as usual with, with Nano, a lot more people started then finished, but they started and they can reset the goal and do it again. And in fact, we're doing something over in that Slack channel called scaffolding, which is just, we're kind of just holding each other up in December. So if you would like to join that, please come over um, to the Slack group, join scaffolding. It's pretty awesome so far. So And that's just you telling us your goal and what you want to do with it. Um, It is not like Rachel Says Plan. Rachel Says Plan is that Patreon level where we really talk about planning and we have the Q&A live call in the month. Scaffolding is kind of like a a mini bit of that. um, And you are welcome in either of those two things. So that has been going on. Also, my sister arrived and now lives with us and it is the best. Um, She is staying in the little antechamber office right behind this office and uh, I was thinking the other day that is pretty cool because now I don't go through that office, that this, the spare, I would always walk through the house through the spare room to get to this little office. It has two doors. It has an interior door and an exterior door, external door, which one is right? It doesn't matter. And now I go in and out through that external door that goes out to the back porch and then in through the kitchen. And I actually have to leave the house and be outside just for a second. It's covered. So it's fine when it's raining, but I have to leave the house to come into the office. And then when I leave the office, I go back into the house and it has been feeling incredible. I did not know that I needed or wanted that separation. And honestly, I'm lazy. And if that separation is not there, then I will not 
you know, I would just immediately go back to going through that room. But it has felt really nice and good also. It has felt really lovely to have her here. It has just been amazing. It's been a week and so, so good. So my heart is happy and that's awesome. Um, what else is going on? Oh, uh, in big, big news, uh, 90 days to done and 90 day revision uh, master classes that I open and teach two or three times a year, sometimes one, once a year, uh, open right now. We start in January. There are still a few slots over in revision, and there are some slots over in 90 Days to Done, but those slots normally go quickly. So if you are interested, please run over to rachelherron.com slash 90 day revision or just rachelherron.com slash the number 90. And oh, uh, the other one is 90 day, uh, sorry, rachelherron.com slash revision. If you're interested in the revision, that's the one that goes really, 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 really fast. rachelherron.com slash revision. Um, if it is closed, it will tell you on that page. And then when they close, I always have a sign up list for you to sign up and hear first next time. So if it is closed, go ahead and put your name on that notification list. Um, and if it is closed, I apologize for that. Uh, but some of my students have been nice enough to give me some testimony. So I will be playing those on the show right now. And um, in other news, I am taking most of December off of teaching and Rachel Says Right, which is still being run by the marvelous May and Ed, but I'm also taking it off of doing podcasts. So what I'm doing right now is I am going to prep four or five episodes for, the, I've got to look at the calendar, for the month of December. So um, because I will not be doing a little catch up like I am doing right now, I think I'm going to look at the top four uh, feelings that keep writers from the page. A while back, I asked in my email newsletter, I asked for writers to tell me a bunch of things. Tell me what the biggest fear is that you have. Um, tell me the biggest emotions that keep you from the page. Tell me the biggest happinesses you get from writing. And I have been sorting through those and using them to help me write this book that I've been writing in during NaNoWriMo. And I really like thinking about these feelings that are keeping writers from the page. So in place of the normal update for the next few episodes, I will be talking about those. So that should be fun. Um, I hope you enjoy those. And then I'll be back as normal in January when I am teaching um, the both of the 90 Days to Done courses. They are phenomenal. They are where I love to be. They're where I put um, a great majority of my time and effort to lead people by the hand through writing a book, either the first draft or a subsequent revision. Uh, revision is open to anyone whose book is about 85% done or more. If it is less than that, then perhaps 90 days to done is your best bet where you, where you finish that first draft. Um, but some people can't finish a first draft and it's still okay to do revision on that if you are approximately 85% done or more if you think that way. And I've just got to tell you really quickly here, in these classes, people finish books. I routinely have students who have been working on their books for a year or two years or 10 years or more who finally finish the book in these classes, or they revise them, or they start a new one, and then they finish that, and then they revise it. It is... Um, 
the great honor of my life that I get to do this with people. And I do not take it lightly. I take it as seriously as I do my writing. Those are the two things that I love best and take most seriously. And then everything else business-wise kind of falls where it does around me and I get to it or I don't get to it. But writing and helping other writers write is my passion. And you know that you've heard me talk about that on here. So um, run over there, grab it if you want to. I'd love to have you. What else? Uh, I think that's it. Let us jump into the interview with Sarah. Here is her bio. Sarah Holly is an author of romance and fantasy novels. She was a winner of Rev Pit 2018, and her short stories and articles have been published by Hooked, Slackjaw, The Belladonna Comedy, and Points in Case. She co-hosts the Wicked Wallflowers Club podcast about romance fiction, which was featured, that's hard to say, on Entertainment Weekly. Sarah has both a BA and an MA in archaeology. A Witch's Guide to Fake Dating a Demon is her most recent novel. Please enjoy this fabulous interview with Sarah. And here we go. Happy writing to all of you. I've been struggling with a beast of a creative nonfiction book for years when I first took Rachel's 90-day revision class in May 2023. I was a traditionally published author of several books who had a literary agent and had tried everything to wrangle the mess of research and journal notes I'd accumulated. I'd worked with mentors and taken webinars and bought self-paced revision courses, but I just couldn't see my way through to an actual draft. Within three months in Rachel's class, I had a make sense draft the tools to tackle any future revision, and a whole new mindset. I know I will be returning for her classes and communities for years to come. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome you to the show. Hello. Will you please share your name and your pronouns with us? Hi, my name is Sarah Hawley. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am absolutely delighted to be here today. I'm absolutely delighted to have you. I can't wait to talk about this. My next um, book, it won't come out till 2025, but it is also um, paranormal, witchy goodness. So I just devoured your book and I can't wait to talk about um, all of your writing stuff. How do you do it? How do you get it done? Where do you do it? Can yeah. you walk us through the process? What God, process how do like? I get it done? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to you while um, I, when this comes out, I will have hit my deadline. Fingers crossed. Um, but I'm coming to you from a person who is on deadline right now trying to finish a draft of a book, very much wondering how do I write a book? What uh, kind so... of deadline is it? Are we like are we like 12 hours out or two no, weeks? No, we out? are weeks, we are weeks out. We are about three weeks okay, out. Good. Um it's gonna be okay. Uh it's gonna be okay. <laughs> but it's definitely the first draft is it's always a, an exciting, uh, an exciting time. Um <laughs> So, so my writing process is um, I, I kind of squeeze it in where I can. I do have a full-time day job, so I write a lot on the weekends, I would say, is the bulk of my writing. Um, sometimes if I'm up early, like this morning, I, I went to Starbucks before work and did about an hour of work there. And I'm um, in terms, I'm not like a great plotter. I'm not entirely a pantser. I tend to have like a loose three-act structure and sometimes like a pretty detailed synopsis not on this one which is oops um but normally <laughs> i'll have maybe like a 10 page synopsis just telling the story of the story um yeah. that i i do deviate from um i very much kind of write where the characters take me but hopefully within that a loose idea of where i'm going uh and just kind of getting the words down as as quickly and chaotically as i can <laughs> so you are a messy first drafter well yes and no um 
I do write pretty clean in general, but I would say the first, the second draft is really where I think it comes together. The first draft, you know, there will be tangents. There'll be things where I just make a note, like go back to do this later. The first draft is all about sort of that propulsive forward energy. Uh, and because otherwise, like I will just get bogged down forever trying to workshop the prose. And I think that's part of what's happened a little bit with this draft is I spent so long in about the first four chapters really getting a sense of of the world and the voice and all of that that now I'm like, oh no, like I, I I need to race towards the end because I can workshop all that in future drafts and I need to just do that. <laughs> that is and that is why a deadline is so good to have. Um yes. <laughs> would you say that um I have absolutely lost all track of what I was going to say. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those days. I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> when you are drafting, are you aiming, this is what I was going to say, are you aiming for time in the chair? Are you kind of a word count person? How do you, how do you quantify word where you're count, going? Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily set goals because I'm also very much a binge writer and a mood writer. And so there'll be days where I get me 10 words down and there'll be days where I get, you know, 10,000. Um, the most I ever did in one day was a little over 20,000 words. Oh my uh, God. Was that all typed or was there some yeah. dictation? Yeah, it was there? all typed. No, it was all typed. Um, and it started about 6am and went through until about midnight with basically no breaks. Um, that is were not you on deadline s- or were you just inspired? No, I was just inspired. Uh, this was before, um, this was before kind of the publication or anything. It's actually a project that didn't really go anywhere. And, and I do think that the third act was a little messy, understandably, because of that. Um, but no, I just got so much in the zone and the focus and it was just flowing. And sometimes when words start coming out of me, um, I get into hyper focus and it's very hard for me to stop, which can be a superpower, but also um, a bit difficult <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to eat. I feel a little sick. I physically can't stop. Um I was diagnosed with ADHD incidentally about a year ago. So this might be sounding familiar <laughs> to some people. It is. I, I am ADHD <laughs> from like from jump. And um and the other day I was I, I had this really unpleasant thing happen where I showed up to my writer's group and I was like, I don't know why I feel so wild. I cannot control myself. And I realized I hadn't eaten in like seven hours. And I never do that. Like I am an uh-huh. eater, but I had just gotten into hyperfocus and, and it made me feel so strange. So it is nice to yeah. know that other people do that too. But I also really like how you said that you're a binge writer and a mood writer. And mm-hmm. there will be people listening who really identify with that because there's always, you know, this background chatter of you must be disciplined. You must sit down and yes. write the same place at the same time, same oh, number yeah. of oh, words. So how do you know when to chase that mood? Um, I'm, I think it's just, I mean, because at some point there does have to be the discipline element of writing when you really don't want to be writing. And sometimes it, and so that's where you're like, it's okay to have a day where you did nothing but like cut 10 words. Like that is okay. It's still a habit you're doing. Um, I would say if I'm feeling inspiration in a certain place, I I will stay there. I'll do things to, um, to sort of try and ride that wave of inspiration. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to explain because it's like explaining what your brain feels like to other people. Yeah, um, yeah. I do tend to move around a lot on my weekends. Like if I if I'm going to get six or eight hours of writing in in a day, I I struggle to sit still for that long in one place. So I will have my routine. I have my coffee shop that I go to and I'll write there for maybe two hours and then I'll get restless and then I'll go to my lunch place and I'll write a couple hours there. And then I'll like, you know, wander around and like try and find a weekend estate sale or something to like feel like to walk, to look at something that isn't my computer screen. And then maybe I'll settle somewhere else and do another hour, another two hours. 
Um, so it's really about where it fits in. Uh, obviously this doesn't work every weekend. It doesn't work all the time. Uh, life gets busy, but if I do have those days where I can sort of ride that wave, it's about, okay, have I reached the limit of my productivity at this coffee shop? Um, in which case like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to switch venue and I will look, it's a shiny new world and I can now chase the inspiration in that new shiny place. So I do yeah. exactly the same thing. And it feels like, <laughs> like I've never written before. I haven't written at all today when you sit down at the new yeah. shiny place. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to, it's it's going to bother me when I figure out who said this, but I recently heard of somebody who takes like their computer or their free write or whatever they have and takes a long walk through a park and then every bench they come down to, they write for a while. <gasps> I know, That's right? such a good idea. I had forgotten it until <laughs> this moment. And now I want to try it because you could walk for hours and stop and you know, like bring yourself a whole picnic, right? A lot oh, of sunscreen. So good. A lot of sunscreen. <laughs> that'd be so good. Sometimes I dress up to go. Sometimes I'll do my makeup to go out to oh. write in the world. Um, just which is not it's not normally a thing I do, but there's something about making an event. Um I w- I'm going to be skipping ahead. I know one of the questions is going to be nice things I did for myself. One of them was buy myself a fancy pair of writing pants um, so I can feel like it's an occasion. So actually, I have them here. What for are your writing pants? I want to know. They're they're like these enormous, incredibly swooshy, like four foot wide legs, pink silk something or other um they, and so they i are just wide and shiny and gorgeous and yeah. they're textured they've got like some yes. kind of pattern on them yeah. and they're so they're soft they feel nice and then i can just kind of swan around my i don't necessarily wear them outside of the house because they're really ridiculous but i can kind I think of you get a lot of around my house for wearing them <laughs> yeah. but i mean it's not a bad thing so yeah <laughs> so it's like mood writing can be as simple as like i did my makeup and i feel like a human today or yeah. sometimes if i biked my coffee shop i've got the little energy going or if i'm like you know I'm going to wear something ridiculous today because like I need to amp myself up for this moment to make this, this task, this daily Sisyphean task somehow different. It is so Sisyphean, which I don't think I've ever said out loud. Um, before. I have not either. So I, I don't actually know if I said that right. <laughs> I think, we, I think we both did. Um, what is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, I would say probably the sticky middle into act three of the first draft is always a bad place for me because, uh, which is incidentally where I am right now. Um, It'll all be okay. (laughs) I think I got into it. I'm finally getting into the set piece of like the last big event. And at this point, this is when I start writing way too much in one day, but that feeling where you're like, this isn't perfect yet. I know I need to go back and fix things. How do you write again? Like, what if I'm a fraud? Like, (laughs) What if, what if the book deal was a terrible mistake and I can't reproduce, you know, the the first time that it was great? Um, so that's a big challenge for me. And then, um, which I guess the only way out is through on that one. And then another challenge I would say is, is not writing related, but being a, a relatively new author, this sudden um, sense of visibility, uh, mm-hmm. being perceived, having your work out there, um, having people say things about it. I, I try not to look at reviews. Most people will tag you in reviews and you have no choice. <laughs> you will look at that review. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just the the kind of terror of, of being out there. Um, and because so many authors, like we're expected to be on social media and being visible in a way that doesn't always feel natural. Um, or emotionally safe. <laughs> so I would say still navigating that and trying to, I, I'm still navigating the boundaries of of social media and review sites and how to 
protect that that part of myself uh, so that it doesn't feel quite so terrifying um, to be out there. How do you do that? Um, I have new writers (laughs) asking me that all the time. And I can't really, I I mean, I remember what my, my reaction was back in the day when I first came out, like I just cried a lot. And then my sister took over mm-hmm. my Google alerts for a while. And mm-hmm. you know, my, my partner helped me not ever look at reviews. But do you remember because you're closer to that since your your set your second book is yeah. just coming out? So um I need someone specifics. to look at reviews and stop stop me. Um one thing is just because at first when the first the first book and then and then this next one coming out when it first goes up and you see your first reviews I'm I'm looking at all of them because I'm like what if everyone says wow like did Berkeley make a horrible mistake <laughs> um <laughs> but at some point uh, it, usually once my feelings get hurt enough because I like I don't belong in those spaces those are reader spaces and I never yeah. engage with the reviews unless it's something really nice someone tagged me and like that's not my job to do that they're allowed to right. hate my book like that's fine um right. it comes down to willpower of I now only let myself look at five star reviews for nice. um which is good because I can't stop myself entirely but at least I can do that <laughs> I do something so very similar is, yeah. I only I, I really I really forget to I honestly just like I forget to look for like a year at a time but if I do look I only look at five stars and one stars because after oh, all one no. stars are so great oh my gosh they're oh so they're so delicious after a while because they just get more and more ludicrous. Like this was, <laughs> I can't believe this was even said in England. And you're like, it wasn't said in England. It doesn't even mention it. Like those kind of reviews just tickle me. So <laughs> I, I think I'm still too new and fragile to appreciate okay, yeah. that. Yeah. I have appreciated a few one-star reviews that were like, there is too much sex in this. Or like, there is a lot of swearing because those one-star reviews are gold because someone says, they're selling oh books. my God, this the smut was never ending. And she said the F bomb like 60 times. I don't say it 60 times, but I like, I do say it. Um, and then another reader is like, yes, yes, I would like that. So exactly. Those are the best. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think navigating social media is going to be the next big thing, maybe taking hiatuses. Um, so yeah, it's still very much like, how do you protect your brain? I don't totally know, but like I'm working on it. <laughs> Thank you for discussing it. Cause it is one of those things that we always need to think about. Yeah. And it gets more and more creative as more and more social media things happen. Um, Yeah, I know. So what is your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Ooh, um, what is my biggest joy? Um, I think, honestly, I love editing. It's it's my favorite part of the process because it's the words are already there and you get to make them better. And especially if you've kind of been away from your book for a while and you remember it being this horrible dumpster fire and then you come back and you're like, Oh, like, Oh, these, these little golden moments or this dialogue I really like. Um, I like world building. I think that's really fun. Uh, and something that's great to do with all these fantasy rom-coms is to to think about your world. And one thing that gives me great joy in the Glimmer Falls series is just coming out with like ludicrous um, magical world parallels to modern things. So it's like, okay, well, what would the furniture, you know, store be? I think it would be Ikea and it would be run by <laughs> werewolves, you know, <laughs> or like what's, what's the equivalent of DocuSign in this magical world? Like maybe it's WarlockUSign, like things like that, where I'm just like, like that's, that's fun. Um, and then just re- meeting readers uh, at, at events and like signing books and realizing that it, the writing matters to people who aren't just you. Uh, that's also a lot of joy. So that's wonderful. And I love like seeing your face kind of glow when you talk about that. That's gorgeous. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Um, yes. So one thing that I find super helpful in both 
first drafts and then editing, um, I have a really hard time letting go of, of words. I'm like, I'm convinced like, well, no, like this is so well put, but it doesn't need to be yeah. there. You know, like I objectively, I understand something doesn't need to be there, but I have a really hard time deleting things. So I have a, what I call a word graveyard. And it's a separate document where I just copy and I paste all of these things. Every time I cut like a whole paragraph or a chunk or even a line of dialogue, I just put it into the word graveyard because then it's not gone. I could come back to it if I wanted to. Uh, and I never come back to it ever, ever. But it's it's like this hack that I can do to get past that hurdle in my brain that doesn't want to delete anything. I, so be my I, call, I call that my cuts file, but word graveyard is so much more evocative because then you can <laughs> tell yourself this whole story about like, you're, you could reanimate them. You could have yeah, you zombies. You have word ghosts. Like they could come back. Ghosts. <laughs> they come haunt you. You can actually like send them out into the world as little pieces if you want. That is so cool. And fun. And I love thinking about that. Thank you. That is awesome. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. So you, um, let's go to what is the kindest thing anyone's ever done for you in your writing career? Okay. So um, I was putting some thought into this because there are so many kind things people have done. Um, that's mm -hmm. one wonderful thing about this industry is that there are so many writers who are just so generous and kind with their time um, and their care and their advice. Uh, so a couple ones that really stand out. Um, Vivian Jackson, who wrote Wanted and Wired. We were just Twitter mutuals. I think we met at RWA. And I, I had a kind of odd path to publication where um, I'd been trying to get traditionally published. But then an, and my editor slid into my in the DMs um, of like a to my private fan fiction account. Wow. <laughs> and, was like, and was like, I really like your writing. Um, have you like, do you have a book? Um, and it was like, yes, I have been trying to get published for like years now. <laughs> I do. Um, and I, but I was so nervous that I, I was just, I think I, ju I just DM Vivian Jackson out of nowhere and was like, I'm really nervous because this editor wants my book. And like, what if it's no good? And she just offered to read it out of nowhere, read it in like two days, gave me just the beautiful blurb, like the, my first blurb ever. And she just did that because she was kind. Um, that's and she still cheers me. And I'm like, that was really nice. Um, and did you really end up nice going with that editor? Huh? Is that the editor that you oh, ended yes, up going yes. with? Yes, that's the one I'm with. Um, yeah. And it was just so lovely. That is uh, not a story I have ever heard before. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then I come with other visual aids today because I know for the video thing. Excellent. So another thing is I'm part of a little support group of writers. It's called Words Are Hard. Uh, and it's other <laughs> people who write fanfic, but also are pursuing this traditional publishing path. And nice. so a lot of them are now have book deals. Some of them will have book deals. It's a ton of talented people, but just the constant cheering on. And one of them um, knitted me this shawl. Um, it's beautiful. And it so was... it's blue and pink and yellow, uh -huh. as I can see in there. That's gorgeous. Stripy, and it's and it's just gorgeous. And she just like mailed that to me. And it was it was the week that the editor made the offer. And she was like, I just had a good feeling that something was going to happen. And I know you have some good news. And so I made this for you. And like, oh, I cried. <laughs> that feels super just, magical, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. And so I just like, I, I keep that. And, and it's just this reminder of these people cheering you on all over. Um, and that friend's name is Celia Winter. She's she's absolutely going to be huge in speculative fiction. I've read a couple of her things. They're Ooh. amazing. So I can't wait. I like, I can't knit, but I'm like, what can I do when, when she gets her good news, which like is absolutely going to come. Oh, um, so just these, yeah, so cool. little gestures of kindness. Oh, that's beautiful. I've never had anybody share that kind of thing. And I, and I am a, a big knitter. I'm always sitting oh, there sweater in progress right there. And I, I do think that that kind of intentionality and, and she gave you such a big gift and you will be able to think of something yeah. beautiful for her. And it's, isn't it 
lovely to look forward and think about our friends when they are published, when they, when their mm-hmm. books are out there and then we get to push them. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things to do. Okay. So um, going back to the kindness question about yourself, you said yeah. you had one thing that was the pants, the pants, the pants. Um, how else have you been <laughs> kind to yourself as a writer? Um, I think sometimes, I think the biggest moments of compassion are when I feel this urge to be performing perfectly and getting down thousands of words every day and, you know, being good at everything and you can't all the time and your brain can't sustain that pace all the time. And so I think the kindest thing I've done has been days where I feel the urge to just push myself to the breaking point and instead I like take a path. Take a bath or have a day where you say it's okay. Um, it's okay that you didn't get words down today. It's okay if you need um, like I asked for like a week-long extension on my second book. It was like it's okay if you have to do that. Like you don't it's very hard not to be the perpetual overachiever who like has to tick all the boxes. Um so, so yeah, it's it's always a work in progress, but I would say um giving myself permission to not fail, but um to take little breaks and to not be perfect all the time. Isn't isn't it interesting how many writers are perfectionists and <laughs> we don't expect anyone else to be perfect in the whole world, but except for us, uh-huh. like we're the exception. We should be, we, yeah. we've got this, we've got this. So that's, yeah, we can do it. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah, it's fine. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's gorgeous. How do you remember to tell yourself to give yourself that compassion? I don't know. Honestly, other people often have to tell me. Um, yeah. Right. So in these, in these writers groups, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, you'll be like, I like, I'm sorry guys. Like, I just feel like I'm melting down. I'm going to cry. And like, honestly, confessing some of it to other people is probably also an act of self-care. And then they yeah. can be like, log off, <laughs> yeah. log off and go have a bath. And Take like, a okay. bath. So, so admitting, admitting the weakness and the vulnerabilities and then being able to give yourself a little compassion in that moment. Um, because, you know, we all write better when we're well-rested and and not in the depths of despair over imagined goalposts that we are failing, <laughs> failing to meet. Which don't really matter anyway. And our editor yeah. is going, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten it to a next week anyway. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're always relieved too. All right. So what is the best book that you've read recently and why did you love it? Yeah. So I really loved uh, Sweeten the Deal by Katie Shepard. It is coming out. um, Well, by the time this interview uh, airs, it's already out. It's already out. Um, (laughs) And it's sort of a a twist on um, a pretty woman where this sheltered neurodivergent young business school graduate who's only or or not a business school student who's only ever dedicated her life to tennis once and comes into an unexpected inheritance wants to get some sophistication. So she hires this about decade older struggling artist who just got dumped by his fancy girlfriend. He's living on a couch. And so he sort of shines up to a sugar baby site. And he's just like the grumpiest, worst sugar baby in the world. And she is just the <laughs> sunshiny, like best sugar daddy in the world. Um, but what I really love about Katie's writing is that it, it's funny. Like, first of all, it's very funny, but it's also it's very empathetic um, to the characters. Like, it's very compassionate. Um, she's also just like a really wonderful writer and very good with words. But I, I really loved that romance and that relationship because it's not about either of those characters suddenly being perfect um or changing who they are um a lot of it was just about again like self-compassion mm-hmm. <laughs> self-compassion and and finding the joy in that rediscovering the joy in that so i just adored it uh, i thought it was absolutely wonderful what a way to turn those tropes on their heads too that is 
yes really really hilarious. okay i love it she's like 23 and is like all right i'm gonna go out there and find myself and she doesn't hire him to be her boyfriend she hires him to be like all right you are gonna take me to the opera i'm gonna learn about opera i'm gonna learn about sushi and he's like oh god (laughs) what am i doing hilarious okay i can't wait to read it um speaking of things that people can't wait to read will you please tell us about your latest book Yes. So um, my book coming out November 28th in the US and November 30th in the UK. It's the second book in the Glimmer Falls series. The first one was A Witch's Guide to Fake Dating a Demon. And this one is Which called- Which was a so Demon's- fun, by the way. Ah, thank you. <laughs> this I, one's called A it. Demon's Guide to Wooing a Witch. And I love it because it takes the the best friend of the heroine from book one and then the villain of book one. Um, and then it puts them together. It's an amnesia road trip romance. It's enemies to lovers. She absolutely hates his gut because of the actions of the first book. He has amnesia and doesn't know why she hates him. Um, and then they're basically outrunning a bunch of evil demons, hunting them down. They're getting oh, into like brawls with werewolves, like and it's just it's it's a lot it's very bantery it's very fast paced i just and i really like the characters like she's she's just like extremely aggressive like she likes to get in fist fights and he is just like this amazingly snarky like pansexual british you know 400 year old kind of rake and and i just i really liked writing their dynamic and i'm super excited for it to be out in the world that is Awesome. Thank you so much for telling us about it. And where can you be found out there online? Yeah. So my website is sarahhawleyauthor.com. And then my social handles are um, Ms. Sarah Hawley. So that's M-S, Sarah with an H and then Hawley, H-A-W-L-E-Y. And I'm mostly on Instagram these days, um, a little bit on Twitter, whatever we're going to call it now. (laughs) (laughs) And then hopefully, hopefully I don't have to learn any more social media platforms. (laughs) our fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It has been such a treat to talk to you about you. Yeah, I love this. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.